This is episode 235 of the Fearless Launching Show, and today we're talking about using your intuition to guide how you can lead a team, build a team, and really create an organization and company and business that supports your vision. We are speaking to Jenna Irvin, who is the owner of Pure Bar Hilton Head, and she's actually built two of these Pure Bar studios as well on the on the East Coast, but she's currently the owner of the one in Hilton Head. She's also the writer at Jenna Standing Tall, her website. Now, the thing about Jenna and and actually, we did not even discuss this because I think it's relevant, but I feel like that's not the whole story. So first of all, she opened and grew two businesses to the multi-six-figure mark by the age of 23. The girl was opening her studio as she graduated high, not high school, as she graduated college. Okay, so that's, that is quite an accomplishment right there. And she opened the doors to her first studio at just 21, selling it for double the investment after just 10 months. And she really, when you hear her, you're going to, you're probably going to be like kind of cocking your head to one side going, how old is she? But really, regardless of what age she is, she managed to really hire a team from scratch. It's not like she did it without mistakes, but she really learned kind of like the hard way that her intuition had to be the leader and had to tell her, give her, inform her on how to build her team. Um, So I just can't wait for you to hear her story. She really talks about the things that she's learned over the several years that she has been running her business. And she, I mean, she just has such a sweet, open, very down-to-earth quality about her. And I know you're just going to love Jenna as much as I did when I chatted with her. So make sure, and she's also going to tell you about her other business as well, because she's not just the owner of a studio. She also has something else that she's working on. So let's dive in. And we're going to talk about this, how she launched those businesses, how she keeps them going, what it entails, so many good things. All right. I will see you on the other side. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. All right. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I am thrilled that our mutual friend, Kelsey, connected us. Thank you, Anne, so much. I am so thrilled to be here. Yeah. And I actually just, I, I always look for the opportunity to talk to people who just you know, not even just are from different backgrounds, different, you know, ages, different (laughs) industries, um, but also the online and offline world in terms of like um, 
businesses. And I know you've got a little bit of both going on. So um, I'm really excited to talk to you about all of that. So why don't you go ahead and just share you know, what your business, if you want to talk about the the two different kind of parts of that that I saw, um, if you want to share a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I currently live in Hilton Head Island in South Carolina, and I own a pure bar studio here. This is my second studio. I opened a studio in Maryland after graduating college in 2018, and then I purchased this one in 2019. So um, I'm very happy to be living where I'm at. This is the place that I'm the most in alignment. So um, I love Pure Bar and what I do. It truly sets my spirit on fire. But my favorite part about my job as a Pure Bar owner is being able to be a safe space for people to step into their power and into all that they are. And so I have recently started coaching because it just feels like a natural extension and the opportunity to hold more space for that magic. So, um, yeah, I kind of have the brick and mortar business and the online side of things. And I love both. I I love both equally. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of a little bit, a little bit about where I'm at. I'm, um, you know, still learning as I go on the business side of things. I dove in pretty young. So it's been um, a process that has been filled with lessons. And um, yeah, it's it's been pretty great. (laughs) Well, I think that no matter, honestly, like when you dive in and, and as, as you, you know, gain years of experience or whatever, I actually, I actually always want to be in that. Well, I'm still learning because yeah, everything definitely. changes, you know. Um, so tell me more. I'm I'm actually, I always do this. I'll get on a conversation with someone. And I'm like, tell me more about this pure bar <laughs> thing. What is going on? Is it like um like a franchise kind of thing or what yes. is it? Yes, pure bar is a franchise. So there's a little over 500 studios nationwide now, and we also are in Canada as well. Um, so I found the technique when I was in college, I was always a basketball player and I rode horses. And when I went to college, I decided I wanted to do college in three years. And that kind of limited me from being able to play sports or have kind of that aspect of my life. But because I had always done that, I was kind of in this space of who is Jenna outside of a basketball player and a horseback rider because that had made up a pretty good part of my identity for a long time. And I found the pure bar technique. There was a studio that opened. I went to High Point University in North Carolina. There was a studio that opened about a mile down the road my freshman year. And I took my first class. I was absolutely terrible. I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't even touch my toes. It's like <laughs> it's like a ballet-based strength yeah. workout. So there's yeah. like elements of you know ballet, Pilates, um, stretching, yoga, kind of all of it combined. And it was so out of my comfort zone, but I was shocked by the mental shift that I had in this workout because it was a totally new feeling for me when I left the studio. It was probably one of the worst workouts, like myself, as far as my performance goes, that I had Fly ever in had. The wall, watching but I Jenna. Left. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, but I left and I felt good. I was like, yeah. it was the first time where I wasn't hyper focused on what I had looked like or the insecurities that, you know, we all deal with that we all kind of wear as masks. It was like, those were removed for an hour and we were just like all proud of who we were. And that was just magical to me. It totally overtook me. Um, and I signed up for the month. I was like committed to mastering it. Um, (laughs) I still don't think I've mastered it. It still challenges me. Um, and I love that about it. Um, but yeah, I applied to be an owner the first semester of my senior year. I was friends with the owner in high point and, So I kind of knew a little bit about the business model 
but I was 20 when I applied to be an owner. So it was kind of like I was finished. I was doing a 24 credit semester. So I was like trying to complete college and um, looking back, it was kind of like this wild time, but it was, I wouldn't really change anything about that experience. Um, and opening in Maryland was a very random decision as far as the market goes, obviously not the career path, but it was a good market for the studio. It was one of the best markets that was still available that a studio hadn't already opened in. And so I kind of took a blind leap of faith and I didn't know anyone in Maryland. I had been to the town that I opened in maybe twice in my whole entire life. So I didn't know a soul. Um, and my family's in Pennsylvania, so they were not far, but they weren't close. And, um, (laughs) it was, it was this space of really going into adulthood, but also into business ownership and all of that at once. And my studio was incredibly successful, but I struggled deeply with personal unhappiness and, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm 22 years old. I'm doing my dream job. And like, why, why is this personal happiness component not coming? And I found out that the studio in Hilton Head Island, which is where I've always vacationed. And I actually taught at this studio for a short period of time while my Maryland studio was under construction. And I found out that she was selling the studio in July and my studio had opened in March. This was last year. And I really honestly... I did not know what I was making. I was working, I was teaching like 35 classes a week. I was working a million hours. Like I, my business just needed me within the walls of the four space that I had. Wow. I had people doing kind of that background stuff for me. And so I called my bookkeeper and I was like, you know, I just need to know if this is even like a feasible option for me to sell a business that doesn't even have one year of tax returns. And she's like, Jenna, you can sell this business. And I just, I still remember where I was standing. It was like the most full body yes I've ever gotten in my entire (laughs) life. Um, But I was also terrified because I had built this business from the ground up. I was connected to my clients in the deepest part of my soul because they had invested in my dream from moment one of opening the door. And I'm fiercely loyal, almost to a fault. And so the thought of breaking that loyalty and leaving them, and it, it felt like this mixture of having to choose to abandon people that I loved deeply in order to follow a life that felt in alignment with my heart. And that's a really tough spot to be in. It is. Um, and I ultimately made the decision. I closed on my Maryland sale on December 21st and I bought Hilton Head on January 3rd of this year. Um, and I'm actually going back to Maryland this weekend to kind of like see people and kind of do the goodbye, do the goodbye the right way. Cause it was like a very rushed process and definitely, definitely something that held a lot of emotion for me. But, you know, I think it, it also taught me a lot about honoring my heart's calling above all else. And that's, um, a really powerful thing to learn. For sure. I mean, everything you're saying actually is very reminiscent to me of when I first just took like a Pilates reformer class. And after that, this is, I actually was, I got certified and I was teaching Pilates for like five years in between like quitting one kind of career. And then in between that, and then starting my own business, this business, which is not anything to do with the body really, but I just remember that feeling. And it's, it was definitely just like, you know, I never, I only worked at other people's studios or taught people privately, like out of my home or different spaces. But there, there is also, there's like an additional thing that I think that happens with clients who are with you when you're with, you know, like, your body like that movement piece is like it's really it can be really raw and kind of 
feel very, you know how you felt during your first class, right? That's oh, the yeah. thing you're dealing yeah. with and people are like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like when your your hairstylist decides to move or something, you're like, no. <laughs> yes, um, you're like, you become very connected in a, yeah. in a more vulnerable way than yeah. I think you even understand. It's like subconsciously. So yeah. yes, absolutely. So, so knowing then, okay, first I just have to ask like just for personal curiosity, you apply to be a studio owner. Is that still, what's the process? And then you like pay pay a fee to like use the kind of branding, all the, the, the setup of the actual company. Is that kind of what happens? Yeah. You have to I, get, I don't even know how obvious. it works. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, I, so yeah, you send in an application, obviously the first part of that screening process is funding. And if funding is a feasibility for you, because if not, then you don't really move forward in that interview process. But the second component of it is an in-person interview in at the corporate office, or at least it was at the time that I became an owner, their process has changed quite a bit now. Um, cause it has been a couple of years. We're under new ownership than we were then. Um, but yeah, so I went and interviewed in person. I had to take a class, um, like with the people that were going to be interviewing me and they were not watching like my workout at all. Like my ability to do the technique was like not in question, but I just remember <laughs> having like so much anxiety. Cause I felt like I was like performing. Um, oh my gosh. and yeah, so the interview was four hours. I, pretty much had a conversation with every single person that was on the corporate team. And I think the question that still sits with me in this day is they asked me like, you know, what qualified me to do this? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. Like I'm in my first semester of my senior year of college. Like I, this is a totally new venture for me. I just know that this technique lights my heart on fire and I want to share it with anyone that will listen. Um, and to this day, that's still truly how I feel. And there, there was so much knowledge that had to come after that realization. But I think because the passion was what fueled it from the beginning, it's like, that's what continues to fuel me in the tough days. Um, but yeah, so then I got, yeah. Um, I got approved to be an owner the following morning. It was like less than a 12 hour, um, approval, which was incredible. Cause I was very, very anxious. Um, and it took me about a year to find, well, like eight to 10 months to find suitable real estate because we double as a high-end retail boutique as well. So there's kind of two elements to the business. So we have to be in a plaza that is going to support both the fitness side of things as well as the retail side of things. And that takes a while, especially, you know, lease negotiations, all of that stuff is um, quite honestly exhausting. And then building out the space and then building out the space and doing all that. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, so there was like all, there was that whole process. So we opened, I signed my franchise agreement in February of my senior year and I opened my studio about a year after that. It was like a year and some change after that point. Wow. And um, yeah, so that year is filled with a lot because it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of paperwork and um, for me, it was all stuff I didn't understand. So it was like, I, I was kind of learning as I was going, which I think everybody does, regardless of if you're doing it at 21 or you're doing it at 51, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Um, but it was, it was definitely a very long and grueling process. And that process tests your passion on a daily basis. Cause you're not <laughs> actually living, you're not actually living the part of the business that you're passionate about. You're yeah. kind of doing all the other things. So yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a very long experience, but the corporate team, was very supportive. I, I did pay a franchise fee that basically gives you the rights to have the name. And it also provides you with marketing material yeah. um, and the structure of the classes and the choreography. 
Um, a lot of it is obviously falls on your shoulders. I mean, we own the studios under like our own private LLCs. So we're under the Pure Bar umbrella, but we are individual business owners within that. Um, and so that's kind of a perfect magical mix because it gives you the ability to create your studio, but it also gives you these guidelines to follow and successful guidelines at that. So you feel well, I mean, not, yeah. not so much like you're alone. Yeah. Well, yeah. Having that kind of framework makes it kind of easier because to be honest, like new businesses, like you come up with a great idea, but then somehow like turning like the marketing material that that's huge. And also having the framework to be actually teaching people like have the thing that you're actually sharing yeah. with people. Um, yeah, I think the choreo- the choreography was um, definitely the most helpful part. I'm a very authentic marketer, so I actually I don't use a ton of like the corporate posts. I like, we had the option. I mean, they're there, which is incredible to have. Um, I tend to use my voice a little bit more. I'm more of a storyteller in the way that I market. So yeah, um, my marketing my marketing did kind of become my own piece. But obviously, our classes are the, the reason we exist. So yeah. um, having that having that framework, that training, that access for my teachers to learn from is such a vital piece of my success. Wow. So okay, so let me then let me just ask you a little bit because so you this is interesting, because I actually think it's really great that they as much as maybe it was a very nerve wracking process to go through for them to interview you and get, and you were approved into that whole thing. It's really great. And actually shows a lot about what they value, you know, in their, their, our brand integrity. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And so I'm not, I'm wondering like, like how you then like now, now you've got like, let's say the four walls up and you said that you yeah. were, you had to be in the building. Like, how did you kind of start building that team of people around you? You know. Uh, well, my first <laughs> round of hiring was an was an epic epic fail. An epic fail is like the kindest way that I could share share <laughs> that experience. Um, it was horrible and exhausting, and um, it it made it, it felt like my first failure as a business owner, because I, I did everything by the book. I was hiring, I was still living in Hilton Head and teaching because it was vital for me that I continued to grow in my teaching up until the point that I absolutely had to be in my market. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of hiring from afar and I flew to Maryland, which was like the second time I had been to the town I was opening in to do auditions. I had used Indeed to find people and I had put together a group of 10 girls that were all going to come for an individual audition time. And like, if you had Googled how to find good employees, like I'm following that checklist. Like, <laughs> like that's like, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at at this point. Um, which is really funny because I'm not like that in any other areas of my life or in my business. Now I'm very in, I'm very intuitively driven. So for me to follow checklists and kind of do those things, it's actually very out of alignment. Um, but it was all I knew how to do. So I hired seven girls. You get seven training spots in your franchise agreement. So I packed all of them up in a suburban like a month later and we went to training and um, nobody spoke the whole way there. It was like, I like had looked at them each as individuals, but I never really once like sat down and was like, Oh, are like, we all going to get along. And this is seven, this is seven women. Like, are we going to be able to, you know, um, be cohesive and understanding and mesh well? And uh, the answer to that was no. But I also felt like I had done at the at the time, I felt like I had done a very good job of preparing them for how challenging training is. It is brutal and it tests you mentally and physically. And 
um, it's very, I think it's more challenging than most people understand. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like I had prepped them, but I feel like they didn't feel prepped upon arrival. And after you finish training, you have 30 days to submit a test out video um, of you performing this, like a full class and you have to get approval from corporate from there, which is also great as an owner, because it takes that, whether you pass or don't pass out of your hands, which is, um, I yeah. just feel like it takes some of the pressure. It takes the pressure. For sure. off of You're not the bad guy. Not, You're like, yes, I'm not the, exactly. I'm not the one. Exactly. I'm not bad cop. They are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I had two girls out of the seven that pass, <laughs> that pass their videos. Um, one of which actually fully followed through with being a teacher. And I will say that I think in every tough season, there's a shining light. That girl is my shining light to this day. She was a vital part of why my business was able to do what it did in 10 months. Um, But when we opened, it was just the two of us. We did have the other girl that had passed. She was teaching once a week, but it was just the two of us covering 90 percent oh of the classes. And she had another job because obviously I have a business that has part-time employees. So she was not able to teach in the evenings. So it was about, we had like 42 classes on the schedule when we opened 34 to 37 of those, depending on the week were falling on my shoulders. Oh my um, and it was, t- it was amazing in the sense that I got to connect with my clients, but it was also a huge wake up call on the hiring front, because I was like, I've got to figure something out. But also when you go through a process and you fail so loudly, it's almost like you, you don't even want to try again because you're like, well, I'm terrible at that, you know? So I think I had this wall of resistance up against bringing new people onto the team because what I was doing was working. I mean, people were coming through the doors and classes were full. And so it didn't, it didn't feel immediate because I was the one sacrificing my health and my well-being and all of those things. Um, (laughs) And so I had a girl approach me. um, So I didn't approach anyone. I didn't put any ads out. I really truly was just in my business. And I was kind of waiting for that feeling that it was time to add to my team. Um, And I think as a business owner, it's so different for every person. It's like some people hit it right on the head when they have that first round of hiring and other people, it takes so much yep. more time to build that team. And I think giving yourself the timeline that works for you is, is totally okay. Um, and I didn't know that at the time, but looking back on it, I'm glad that things unfolded the way that they did. Um, but I had a girl approach me after class. She had been coming since the day we opened twice a day if her schedule allowed. Oh and she'd gosh. also just like pop in and say hi all the time. And she was just she, like the first day she so she showed up, she was in gray sweatpants and an orange t-shirt. And she was just like, so ready to go to work. And there was just something about her energy that I was so drawn to from day one, but she was quiet. Like we didn't have a ton of conversations and it's funny now because she's the opposite of quiet, but she, she was <laughs> in the beginning of this, of this whole, of this whole process. And after class, she's like, what does it take to become a teacher. And quite honestly, I'm thinking, well, for me right now, it takes a pulse because I was like so <laughs> desperate for, for any, for any type of a break. Pretty but, much anyone who um, asks me is in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, she goes, well, I don't really have the resume or the experience. She's like, but I just want to show my girls that if they have their heart set on something and they work really hard, that they can get there. And oh, I was gosh. finishing, I had just taught, it was on a Wednesday. I like, so remember this day, like I just lived it. Um, and on Wednesdays I had to teach seven classes and it was at the end of my seventh one. And 
I just, I just started to cry. It was just like this, this like wall of being oh resistant gosh. and like just feeling like I can do it all myself. And that, that mindset, I think as an entrepreneur that we all have at some point, well, it's just better if I do it. It was mm-hmm. almost like this wake up call that like, no, it's not like you have to open yourself to the experience of allowing your team to grow so that your business can reach heights that you're never going to be able to reach with just you. Um, and I just literally looked at her. I never even asked for her resume. I couldn't even tell you one thing that it said. Um, I was like, I'll send you to training next weekend. And she didn't know it at the time. I don't even think she still fully knows the impact that she's had on me, but she changed the way that I hire forever because now it's, um, I do look at resumes. I'm not totally, (laughs) totally but with what, but with what I do, it's so much about who they are as a person and how they're going to show up for your community and how they're going to make people feel that while that resume is important, it doesn't even come close to touching the personality and the type of person that they are and whether or not they're going to fit with the current environment that you have. And so now when I hire or my team needs to grow, I will interview. And after the interview, I, I'm a strong believer that intuitively we always know what we need everything that comes after that is the justifications of the world. And sometimes we allow that to speak louder than our heart. Yeah. And so after an interview, I, I sit with all of the information and I take a second to just ask myself the question, is this person in alignment with the mission statement of my business, with the team that I currently have and with where I'm trying to go in the future and whatever answer comes first is the answer that I honor. Um, and to be honest, it has been wildly successful. I have a team here in Hilton Head that I could not be prouder of. Um, and I think that that came from allowing myself to do things the way that I knew I needed to do it instead of feeling like I needed to follow a playbook. I love that. I love it. You know what? It's really funny (laughs) is that it, I was, I was the girl who went up to the studio owners that I went to their, you know, reformer studio and, and told them I wanted to teach. And actually I did, I was, it was just the, these two owners and I was the third teacher there and that was it at their studio afterwards. Wow. So I ended up doing that same thing, um, yeah. which is amazing. That's but, amazing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, because the people, the instructors, the people, anybody who's on the team, whether they're instructors or not, they really do have to fit that kind of culture and that that feeling of the studio in order to like keep it really solid, I think. Um, well, they're, so. I mean, they're, they're the heart, they're literally yeah. the heartbeat of your business. And Absolutely. so that heartbeat, that heartbeat can have talents or whatever, but it's like, if that heartbeat isn't showing up and they aren't making your clients feel welcome and they're not meshing together in an environment that gets them excited and fired up to show up and be there, um, yeah. it's never going to go anywhere. And For so sure. I think allowing, allowing yourself to define that energy and then making sure that you don't sacrifice anything in creating it is vital. Yeah. So tell me then, like, I'm really interested. I probably will ask you more questions off of the interview about this, yeah. about Pure Bar. But I'm curious, how, when did you start doing coaching or when did you start offering coaching? Was that as a result, like, where did that kind of develop that part of the business? Yeah, I've I've been an old soul my entire life. Like I'm that person that people will stop I can at totally the market feel and just it. and I'm just like, like I'm yeah. like, how old is this girl? Wait a second. <laughs> I'm like I'm the I'm the person like people stop at the grocery store and like spill their heart to me and they're like, I can't believe I'm telling you all this. I just met you. Like I that's just been kind of my energy my whole life. And it's something I've had to work around because I 
our strengths when they're turned up too loud, their weaknesses. And, you know, that sometimes allows me to give a little too much and be a little too open, especially, you know, in romantic relationships and stuff, you have to be very in tune with how you show up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, but I think that for coaching for me, it was this way of channeling the desire that I do have to hold space. um, But in a way that is mutually beneficial because, when you're just giving, it's like it very quickly empties your tank. And it sounds like a great call, great quality to be a giver. And it is, but receiving actually takes a hell of a lot more courage. And so I think <laughs> that like allowing yourself to put your talents in to situations that are going to be mutually beneficial and that are going to invite others to meet you where you are and, and hold what you're offering them at the value that it actually is, is really important. And so coaching has just been a natural extension of something that I literally feel like I've done since I was five years old. Um, but that is now something that I can get excited about and it doesn't feel, um, as draining as it once did when it just felt like I would get a lot of space asked to be held at once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So did you, do you see people, do you, Okay. So, okay. Two questions. So do you ever, is Pure Bar all just group classes or are there? It is. Yes. I do. I do offer, we have some clients that will come in and just like want to understand the technique a little better before they're in a group. And so I absolutely honor that request. And there's some people that that looks like for private sessions. And for some people it might look like one. Um, but I think that I have, definitely done private sessions, just not something that we advertise. It's more like if someone comes in and is like, I would like to learn a little more about this, but for the most part, it is all group. Yeah. The reason why I ask, and I think it's still the same in group. And I'm just remembering this, that I actually felt like most of the time when I was doing private sessions, they really, it actually helped me learn how to coach and how to see people at their most bare and raw and like, really willing to be the beginner or whatever, whatever they're, whatever, wherever they were in that phase. Um, but I, I actually see that you still do need to do that in groups, depending on the size of them. And it still is well, an almost, element of it. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it can definitely, it, it almost is, um, really powerful when you realize that what one person struggles with is actually what a lot of people struggle with. And mm-hmm. so I tend to teach my clients <laughs> will tell you if you ask them about my teaching style that I'm half therapist, half teacher. Um, <laughs> because I I tend to, like, you will never hear anything in my class that is around changing your body or being thinner or anything like that. It's about loving where you are right now and yeah. celebrating the fact that you're cra- courageous enough to want to be a stronger version of that person. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because I teach a lot at my current studio. It's my favorite part of what I do. So it's something that I prioritize doing a lot of in my business. But, you know, I've had so many clients spark conversations around cues that I'll give in class. And I tend to teach from a very vulnerable place. I say what's on my heart and what I feel like I need to hear. And a lot of times that resonates with other people that are needing to hear the same thing. And so it opens this dialogue, not only between me and them, but between them as well, like in their own conversations and their own friendships. And I've watched, you know, veterans welcome first timers and just these beautiful things that have come out of creating a vulnerable space where people feel safe to feel however they're feeling that day and know that they're allowed to have this hour to just feel that, that no one else has to matter. And so I actually think the group 
has been really powerful in a way that I never could have envisioned. I love that. I love it so much. And of course, it seems like absolutely a natural kind of place to go to start offering and doing that coaching too. Yes, definitely. So that's amazing. Um, okay, so because this is a this is the Fearless Launching Show, I just have to ask, like, yeah. are there when you were launching, let's say the first the Maryland studio? What mm-hmm. were, did you, what did you focus on in terms of like getting the word out? I mean, obviously that's, it's like a brick and mortar. It's like, you know, there's stuff you can do at the actual location, letting people know that yeah. they're there and maybe local advertising and stuff like that. Was that kind of what you did or were there other things that you used to market the launch? Yeah. I, I think that my marketing voice is different. Um, I, I've never, I don't consider myself like I'm not a good salesperson. Like I'm only going to be able to sell you something if it's, if it's something that you're interested in. Like I don't tend to be able to fully, um, step into that like salesperson mindset. And that was something I was really insecure about going into business ownership because I, I think sometimes we feel like we almost have to always be salesy. And so I took the approach of just telling my story. I did a lot of boosted posts on Instagram and Facebook, but it was never around what something cost or that they needed to do it or anything like that. It was more just like me creating a group of stories of women that have found success in Pure Bar and the physical changes, but also the mental. And then my own personal story, I was very vulnerable in like why I had chose to open a studio and what the technique had done for me in my life. And I shared from a very authentic place that did spark conversation. We did not have, we kind of do a pre-sale process with Pure Bar prior to opening your doors. My pre-sale numbers were really low. um, And we did a soft opening weekend where people were able to try classes and we allowed that pre-opening special to still be for sale for those five days. And we did five times the pre-opening specials in those five days than we were able to do in that, in that whole, you know, kind of, because a lot of people, when it's a brick and mortar business, until people actually see the finished product and they can envision themselves there, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes really hard to sell. And I tend to like to get advice from people who have done it amazingly. And so I had owner friends that like sold 400 pre-opening specials in like five days of it being live. And um, so I I took away that if you're going to go into something new, you need to hear from like the worst side of things and the best side of things so that then like you're not feeling like you're an epic (laughs) failure (laughs) and you're not reaching like those crazy wild numbers. You're like, Um, oh, okay. Yeah, like well, I sold sold two on day one. So like maybe like, you know, so um, and it was, it was, it was scary because I'm like, well, if this is any indication of, you know, and I had a lot of work I had to do around the money mindset because I didn't have just this abundance of cash flow. I had $400 right. in my bank, in my bank account when I opened my Maryland studio. So those five days of pre-opening, I had to really deal with the money mindset and making sure that I wasn't acting from a place of desperation because I was desperate. I mean, you are desperate when you're yeah. in those early stages but of you opening a business. To, I had, you had to shift it a little bit. And yes. Just be like, okay. Yes. <laughs> we yeah, just want the right people up. in here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We exactly. Serve. So, that's it. <laughs> right. And you know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. And I feel like there's so much resistance around the financial piece, whether you're wildly successful or you're struggling, it's like a conversation that a lot of people shy away from. And, um, so I had to really step into how I was learning to navigate money because it was the very first time in my life where, that fell fully on my shoulders. I was very grateful growing up. I had amazing parents and 
you know, in college, I was just able to be a student. So coming from that chapter, it was all thrown at me at once. And so the money piece, I feel like was probably the biggest struggle in those early days, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's all like a great learning process. And I, and I think that you definitely were fortunate to have other pure bar owners to like kind of see what their experience was, you know, choose, choose the strategies that people were using that felt right for you because you were already kind of like, that was like the thing for you. You probably didn't even feel comfortable with, I'm sure some of the marketing and sales things you're like, eh, I don't think I can do that or say that, or it has to be in my way. (laughs) So, well, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, I've definitely expanded, when it comes to marketing, as far as understanding that to salesy isn't always a bad thing. Um, you know, I think in the beginning I was so resistant to that. And today I realized that like, it does serve a purpose and it's just learning how to balance telling the story and selling your piece so that you're not constantly just serving that it is actually profitable, but that you're not losing yourself and your mission and your passion in the process. So it's like allowing those two to dance together has definitely come into play for me in the last two years. But in that first year, it was like, nope, I can't be sad. It was like, I was just so (laughs) resistant to that, that whole, that whole mindset. It's like, well, no, this isn't a nonprofit. Like I actually, like I truly have to make a living and I have to pay my employees. And so you have to, you have to find that balance. Yeah. And and by the same token, like when, once the doors are actually open and people can see it and people are walking past it and people are driving by like, Hey, what's that? Then, then there is some of that natural kind of walk in type of thing, you know, that you can do. So, well, this is really interesting stuff. Um, I really hope that, um, you'll let us follow up with you and see how things are going and like, see, yeah, cause you're really sure. at the beginning kind of, of how long have you been at Hilton head right now? Is it since the beginning we, of I this took, year? I took over in January. The studio is about to turn five. Um, but I became the owner in January. So yeah, it's a little, little less than a year. That's exciting though. That yeah. is really exciting. Well, okay. So how can people reach you and check you out if they want to know about, well, pure bar, but what is the what is the website for that for your location? Because you know, people yeah, want to so, with you. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Um, so I'm the most active on Instagram, and on my personal Instagram, everything is linked. My website is linked, and so is because um, I blog and stuff too. So my coaching, um, and so then my Jenna pure bar. Yes, and my pure bar Instagram is also linked in my bio. So it's just J E N N A, and then I R V I N. Um, and I'm, I tend to be the most active on that platform for both studio and personal. So perfect. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, it's been great to chat with you and, um, I really think it's interesting and I think it's a really valuable kind of information to hear people, you know, hear, hear the story of hiring not so well and then finding your way of doing it. And, you know, whether someone chooses to follow that you know, that Google how to hire the, a great team that works well together or whatever, or uses their intuition or a combination of both. It doesn't matter as long as they find no, a way doesn't. to exactly. do it for themselves. So I, I love all that. I love all that so much. Okay. Thank you again. Thank you so much for hanging out thank with me. Thank you so much. And yes, um, it's been great. And we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Sounds great, Anne. Thank okay. you so much. Take care. 
didn't you just love her? Jenna is so cool. I want to go to one of her Pure Bar classes, but you know what? I kind of was like, man, maybe I want to open up a studio. But regardless, I always get that way just because I get so excited about different types of businesses and what people chose to to create and the businesses they're building. And if you want to learn more about Jenna, what she's doing at the pure, in the pure bar world, as well as in her coaching business, then I want you to make sure to look down in those show notes because we've got all the links ready for you. You can also head over to ansamoylove.com and the links will be over there as well. Thank you guys so much again for listening and tuning in every single week. I so value your presence here. That to me is everything. By the way, presence, not gifts, but presence, your being here is my love language, people. And I love knowing that. I love hearing from you. And I just wanted to say thank you. Um, I'll see you next week. Take care.